Well, maybe maybe I should drop a scoop on, on the show at the end. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. Would, that would that'd be great. Uh-oh. Oh yeah. man. Jeez. Um, yeah. Now I'm all thrown off. <laughs> Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hollow Knight Marauders podcast. I'm AJ, joined here by my Bombad Jedi pals, Jamie and Matt, as always. Uh-huh. And today we're very excited to be joined by two members of the Kessel Run Transmissions family, Miss Aubrey O and Corey Van Dyke. How are you guys doing? Hi! What's up guys? Thank you for having us on. That was a, a very regal intro. I enjoyed that quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was, it was a great one. Thank you guys for coming on. I'm super excited to have you guys here. No, absolutely. You guys uh, cracked me up with your Hasbro tweets. So oh, yes, <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. Oh, uh... oh, I absolutely remember that. That's a that's a gold <laughs> one glad. right there. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, that took that was like a that took us one Sunday. We were bored and it, we drove down to we're a little bit south of Boston, so Hasbro's in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. So we drove yep. down like. Mm. 25 minutes there and back just to do that but it was worth it that's that it was a a good time yeah michael (laughs) and i were were watching it together and cracking up over it it's just it's nice (laughs) that's so great i love it so we're here today to uh we're going to talk about a little indie film from 2005 i don't know if you guys have heard of it revenge of the sith so uh solid movie tell me about it no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) so um but before we get to that I'm going to start off with our question of the week. So it's usually just something random, um, you know, that someone sends in or whatever that we come up with and we'll, we'll ask it on the show. So the question this week is, what ride would you add to Bot 2 slash Galaxy's Edge? Ooh. Um, so we usually start with our guests. Uh, so whoever wants to go first, um, what do you think? What ride? <laughs> okay, I've actually put thought into this. Um, cool, cool. Like before Star Wars Land opened up, or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened up, and it was just called Star Wars Land. I just kept thinking, and this is such a me thing to say, so you know this probably would never happen. But I just thought it'd be cool if they had like a a, a ride that took you through, like all of Star Wars. So you get something from the Phantom Menace, then you go to Attack of the Clones, then you go into the Clone Wars, and the Revenge of the Sith. Like maybe like key scenes from each film. You see like animatronics right in mm. front of you and you're kind of interacted you're interacting with the whole environment um that way it's not just one particular era but it's engulfing everything it's into one ride i think that would be uh a key thing to do since they can't always do the sequel trilogy era right. but that'd be that would be my pick that'd be fun to include the entire story across the entire like skywalker saga yes an emphasis on the clone wars <laughs> yes <laughs> Need a little bit more in there <laughs> yeah. heck yeah um yeah, I know uh, Jamie's, you know, we've talked about this off the show. And Jamie, you've mentioned something similar to that, right? So. Yeah, oh. yeah. I was just thinking, um, as you mentioned the question, I like remembered my old idea. It would be funny if they just do like a classic, like classic Disney, like it's a small world, Pirates of the go. Caribbean exactly. type ride. But it's like you sit in a little boat and you travel through and it, it looks kind of corny, but like, you know what they can do with the animatronics. <laughs> yes. and so it would be really oh, cool exactly. to like, see that. It's so fun. There yeah. you go. Same wavelength. <laughs> yeah it'd be great and like plus they have like the thrill rides already so they need a ride that's more like casual because yeah. not every person who goes to the parks like does the thrill rides right exactly totally, yeah. yeah yeah that'd be awesome i but... think my idea 
Let's see. So I was thinking hard about it, and I had to Google it just in case and to fact check sure. this idea. But um, mm. in one of the early cast member previews, they um, released these maps from Batu, and one of them said there's a part of Batu called the Sarabat River Valley. And actually, a lot of pod racing happens there. And I love pod racing, so I think Ooh. that would be really cool to have like a pod racing ride somewhere behind. Hell yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be. A That'd hit. be a lot of fun. <laughs> like bumper cars, and that's like, that's like lore too. You you got you got everything there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like really really cool though. Because like, um, have you seen like the? Sorry to get off topic, AJ. Already, I'm so sorry. We're less than five minutes in. And I'm okay. off topic. Um, but have you seen like the content from uh, the new Nintendo World? Um, one of the rides is literally like it's AR Mario Kart. And so, like, this would pretty much, like, fall right in that vein for, like, podcasting. Oh, so yeah. you, it's Pod practical. Racing. You do the ride through it, but, like, you have, like, an AR headset so you can, like, see additional stuff going on around you. So, oh, like, that is so fun. It is cool. So my idea for a ride was, um, I guess it fits with the current theme of Batu, you know, the First Order reigns and whatnot. So you have a smuggler's ride. You have a resistance ride. It only makes sense to have a First Order ride. And I was trying to think of like what uh, what would fit with the First Order that would be a cool thing. And I know Star Wars Resistance, the show, wasn't really great or good even. <laughs> yeah. But like it had a lot of cool world building. Well, speak for yourself. It had a lot of cool yourself. world building. We know Matt over there likes a lot of it. But My profile photo here is literally Sonara from Resistance, but whatever. Okay, <laughs> it, it had cool characters and concepts, but whatever. So yeah. uh, there was an episode where... There's like first order um, relic raiders or something, and it's a, a variant Ooh. of stormtrooper, and you know they're hunting relics for Kylo Ren for whatever reason. So I think that'd be kind of cool to go on like a, a simulation type ride with the relic raiders looking for artifacts or something. Oh, that would See, I don't know how cool. it would work, but it could be cool in the opposite direction too, where you're a resistance group trying to prevent them from getting their hands on some kind of like ancient Sith artifact on Batu, and they're chasing you. That would be cool. It could work like uh, the Buzz Lightyear ride or whatever. Sure. Where you're like in a little cart shooting. Yes. I like that. (laughs) Oh, it's the First Order. Pew, pew, pew. Especially there, the Galaxy's Edge Marvel comics. And they kind of touch on relic hunting. And Doc Ondar has beef with Hondo. And they're trying to get these different relics and stuff. So that would be fun if like you were hired by Doc Ondar to get the relics before the relic hunters did. Look at all this lore we got. Disney, if you're listening, and I know you are. (laughs) <laughs> Just take take these take these suggestions. <laughs> oh, they're listening. I guess for mine, so whenever I think of like rides, I don't know why my first thing I always think of is Flights of Passage, which is the Avatar mm. ride. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And when you climb, you climb on to like the back of an animal, and you feel it's like breathing on your knees while you're like riding it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that kind of technology could be implemented into some kind of, you know, trek where you climb on the back of some crazy animal and you're just going through Batu and you're exploring. Um, I think that would be be fun. So much um, fun. You could do uh, the what were they called? The boga creatures from Revenge of the Sith. They were originally supposed to be, I think, either Dubak or Bantha that you could ride on through. Oh yeah, they did have a Bantha. um, Yeah, they had a Bantha ride in development, and then they scrapped it. Oh man. That would be cool. great. A bantha ride. I would love that. Like it, it'd be pretty much just like riding an elephant, but like <laughs> riding a bantha, like 
that just blew my mind. <laughs> Ever I, since the the Marshall oh. episode, Jamie's been obsessed with Banthas. So. I have. It was <laughs> Porgs were number one. They still are, but Banthas are now number two because of the Marshall. Tasty, like, tasty Banthas. Yes. <laughs> I, I cannot get the scene out of my head of just all the Tuscan Raiders like showing up in the giant crescendo and it just oh. anyway. Yeah, the pictures of baby banthas are pretty unreal. Oh, <laughs> I love the baby banthas. Oh. So did everyone? Jamie, did you say a ride, or you had the same kind of the same one as Corey? Uh, yeah, about the so. same one. But I have another concept if you want like an original. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I guess like a way that they could definitely incorporate uh, additional timelines because I know it's set in the post last jedi before rise of skywalker timeline uh they could introduce some sort of world between worlds type concept in which you go into like a dark room and it's literally a portal just to the other places so it wouldn't necessarily be like a ride it'd just be like like a people mover type experience where like you're uh. taking you're taking a ride to like another area but that'd be like way down the road if they want to make a full park about star wars because i would yeah i would love for them to expand additional eras and that's the only way that i could really foresee them doing it yeah yeah so it'd be sort of like um, in Rebels when they they go yeah. through the cave system. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, something like that. I like that. I know um, Corey had told me that um, Disney was potentially looking into changing Galaxy's Edge to be Mando era themed. In which case, that would potentially yeah. expand upon that. Yeah, I think mm. next year they're going to switch out um, Ray Kylo. And I don't remember who's the other one that like walks around. The first one, or the, yeah, Phasma. No, Phasma. I'm not sure. Um, hey, uh, yeah, Vibrani. Yeah, so the, the they're replacing the three with uh, Thrawn, Ahsoka, uh, Mando, and Baby Grogu. Really? Oh wow! Is this a uh, groundbreaking this, news? Or this is the first, first I've heard of this one. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before. I don't think so. you've talked oh, wow. about it, but there's definitely been murmurs that I've seen on like our yeah. Star Wars leaks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thrawn is yeah, definitely about... the most surprising out of those. Yeah. I, I would really yeah. like to meet Thrawn. I guess. But... Be... <laughs> yeah. I guess. I could see. I could see Thrawn just wandering around the park, just inspecting <laughs> people, and oh, right. That would be great. Didn't they already put in in the uh, the trading post at uh, Disney Springs or Downtown Disney? Um, they put in like a baby's like carrier, just like yes. on the side. Yeah, it's the decoration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep, it's there. yeah, it's there. I've seen but photos it's a resistance of it. base, so yeah. I don't know. That is interesting. Yeah, Earlier this cool. year, they were testing this like AR Baby Yoda like photo shoot in Galaxy's Edge too, which is outside of the lore. So people think they were maybe testing. That sort of stuff with ah. crowds to see what people like. Yeah. Do you think like Galaxy's Edge will eventually become like an interchanging timeline like that? Like, so do you think they'd ever go back to the First Order um, resistance type stuff? Or um, I, I don't know. I that's interesting. It, de it depends on where like Disney Plus is at. So one day, you know, when they eventually right. circle back to the the sequel trilogy era, yeah, they'll definitely mm -hmm. do it again. That makes sense. But I think for it would kind of be. Yeah. No, you go. Oh, no, I was just saying, yeah, for the next 10 years, I would say it's going to be Mando-based for sure. That makes sense, yeah. I guess. I Jamie and I be... still haven't been to yeah. Batu yet, yeah, so we're hoping to get, get there. there. Yeah. Well, it's still a sequel trilogy, because we yeah. love the sequel trilogy. Well, um, maybe maybe yeah, I should but... drop a scoop on the show at the end. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> oh, Ooh. okay. I would, <laughs> that would that'd be great. Uh -oh. oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, now I'm all thrown off. <laughs> should we um, move yeah. on to our actual topic of the show here? Now we that should. we're like, uh, 
Yeah. 12 minutes in. Transition to okay, the topic so, at hand. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> We're here to talk about Revenge of the Sith today. And yeah, I guess we could just kind of go around and, you know, talk about what is like, when you when you think about Revenge of the Sith, what is the first thing you think of uh, with that movie? So once again, we'll start with uh, Corey and Aubrey. Oh, I'll let you go first. Hmm. First thing I think of is honestly not the actual movie, but the lead up to seeing the movie. Um, I <laughs> grew up in a family full of Star Wars nerds from like my grandparents to my parents. And so I was in kindergarten and my parents took me out of school midday. My mom was already in line um, <laughs> to like get our seats. And my dad picked me up. We, he had friends that worked at ILM because he works in like visual effects and stuff. Um, and so he had a special, like, ILM-exclusive crew shirt that had, like, Darth Vader on it. And it said, who's your daddy on the back? Because, like, ILM <laughs> is Vader's dad. Um, and so I was wearing, like, a Darth Vader shirt, too. And we went. It was midday. And it was super fun. And we went, like, I think there was a Burger King right next to the line. And they had the Revenge of the Sith toys. And so mm. went oh, and got that. And it was yes. just super, super fun. Um, and I was really little. So my parents... My mom told my dad to cover my eyes during the immolation scene. And my mm -hmm. dad was just so, like, awed by the end of Star Wars that he just put his hand right on my face, but, like, open. So I just saw the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but I remember being so exciting, excited and, like, loving it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think, I think for me, it's just, like, what's well, my favorite Star Wars movie? And, and honestly, my mm -hmm. favorite movie of all time was number one. So... I, I just think like what I love about the movie so much is it's just the perfect ending for that era. And it's like Star Wars is really a tragedy, honestly. And mm -hmm. Revenge of the Sith mm -hmm. definitely um, showcases that completely. And then obviously it being the end of the Clone Wars, it's just such a heartbreaking thing. But no, honestly, like in one word, it's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, or a sentence rather. Yeah. <laughs> More than one word. Still good though. Yeah. I love <laughs> I love the personal stories. Like um, most of the time, when we, whenever we talk about the prequels, um, with us and obviously with you both, is it's something that we saw like as kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sorry, a motorcycle just drove by outside, and I was like, oh, "Shit!" Um, That's Ewan McGregor. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess, like in general, for for me, like why why I like Revenge of the Sith as well. I don't think I've ever told AJ and Matt this story, but possibly, but. I wasn't, they, they know this. I'm not sure if you guys know this, but I'm not, I wasn't huge into Star Wars as a kid growing up. Mm -hmm. I like had other things on my mind. I danced <laughs> and that was all I did. Um, okay. Movies, what are those? Um, <laughs> but like, I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out, I went that summer to a drive-in um, with a bunch of friends. We were, it was like, we were in like fourth or fifth grade at the time. So it was like four of us and like their parents in like the back of the car. We went to see Madagascar. The first one. <laughs> and Revenge of the Sith Very was nice. playing on another screen. I vividly remember like seeing that like as we were leaving because we were kids and so the parents like are bringing us home. But I remember seeing like the entire like Mustafar du duel like happening on one of those other screens. And I'm like, that looks incredible. Can we stay to watch that? Mm -hmm. And our parents <laughs> said no. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, like I coming back on it like i i think about that like a lot every time and pretty much like watch like these movies still i'm just like i really wish that like i like got into it more as a kid to have like those older stories but like i'm still happy that i i got into it when i did it anyway oh yeah that's i love i love hearing like fans of the prequels 
seeing them for the first time or like so for me i didn't see any of the prequels in theaters because i wasn't introduced to star wars until like 2006 so I, I literally missed it by a year um yeah and like we would watch them my dad showed, showed them to me and my sister every weekend so we do one movie each weekend and i just remember revenge of the sith really like anakin burning scared my sister quite a bit so i naturally like like my dad gave me the uh, anakin burnt up figure <laughs> so i just remember like putting him in, in the starfighter and chasing my sister around with it uh, to cause pure terror <laughs> as one does for siblings that's, I right. love it. that's, that's wonderful <laughs> arby you kind of hit every single thing that i remember from my childhood when it comes to revenge of the sith as well Aww. uh it's really funny um so the lead up to the movie is probably what i remember the most too it was literally probably the most hype I've, hyped i've ever been for a film in my entire life um it was like a full year of just like 10 year old matt thinking about revenge of the sith every day wondering like because i didn't know about apparently like fans at the time knew about the volcano fight <laughs> And how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. But I thought that was like the biggest mystery on planet Earth. And I was like trying to figure out so many different ways um, that Anakin would become Darth Vader. And uh, my personal favorite that I like to play out was that Boba Fett came back and got revenge on the Jedi. And uh, blew his jetpack in Anakin's face and burnt him. <laughs> and the toxic fumes from the jetpack, he, he breathed in. And that's why he couldn't breathe right. Oh, no. I, oh, man. Let me say, uh, Darth Vader is a very forgiving guy to then go and hire Boba Fett in Empire Strikes Back. Um, very, very forgiving. But when you said that your parents took you out mid-school, they did the same thing for me. I was in uh, fourth grade, and I was in this competition with my friend uh, Jeffrey to determine who was the biggest Star Wars fan in the class. Um, and when my mom showed up at the front door at like noon to take me out to see Revenge of the Sith in theaters... Uh, I won the competition. So that was like the biggest, one of the biggest moments of my life, I'd say. Oh, that's um, awesome. Is, is beating Jeffrey. Uh, and it's the same exact thing. I went to the theater. My dad had seen the midnight release. So he already seen, seen the movie and he knew which parts to cover my eyes for. He got me uh, when Dooku was beheaded. He got me. He, he covered my eyes. He didn't want me to see that. But um, I, like I said, I was obsessed with how Vader became Vader. So he went to reach out and cover my eyes for the immolation scene, and I hit him in the theater. I just swatted at him. I said, you're not going to take this away from me. You're not taking this away from me. I've been thinking about this for a year. You're not The one thing I wanted to see most of all. Um, so yeah, I just remember that vividly, and I remember when the logo appeared on screen and the fanfare began, and 10-year-old Matt got really deep and philosophical for a moment and said to himself in his head, this is the last time you're ever going to see this. This is the last time you're ever going to experience, you know, a new Star Wars film mm -hmm. in theaters. Uh, and I'm glad 10-year-old Matt was wrong. Um, <laughs> but at the time, this was like a completion of my life. I was 10 years old and my life was already complete when I saw Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. I love that story. <laughs> we, we've literally heard that story countless times. And yeah. It never gets old. <laughs> awesome. So mine's not um necessarily a personal story i for some reason i have more personal stories for like attack of the clones and venom menace mm -hmm. but um i think you know when i think of Re revenge of the sith i definitely my head goes straight to order 66 because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's where we first see order 66 and to this day whenever we see it 
it like I know it breaks Jamie's heart. It breaks my heart. Like playing Fallen Order and seeing, oh, uh, you know, you're don't. walking down the halls and like talking to the clones as Cal. Don't. Uh, you know what's don't. about to happen, and it's just crazy. <laughs> and then we're probably gonna see it in Bad Batch, and no. it's it all don't. started re- with Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> oh. So, like you said, it is a tragedy. Yeah, I'd definitely say it's a sure bet. We'll see that in Bad Batch. Yeah. 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 Like I definitely. Yeah, no questions asked. That'll be happening in the Bad Batch. It's just the worst part that it's just like you you think about going into it and you're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be sunshine and rainbows, and then you're like, oh, the war is still going on. <laughs> oh no, the war is going to end. Oh no, we know what happens when the war ends. And I yeah. I just find it so funny thinking back on me in the theater again, ten years old. Uh, watching all of these characters that I had grown up with and love and like bought action figures for all just getting slaughtered on screen and I couldn't be happier I was like oh my god this is the best thing ever and I'm just thinking to myself like I wonder if that had any psychological effects on me <laughs> I don't know well, maybe maybe watching well, I don't know Kia you're making a Star Wars podcast now <laughs> it was yeah. secure get mowed down maybe that had some some kind of effect on me I don't probably know. <laughs> Same though, honestly. Yeah, I can I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bold choice, George Lucas deciding to make the prequel trilogy, knowing that it had like such a tragic, intense ending. But still, it's you know, Star Wars is is uh, for kids, and so you had to figure out a way to to balance. You know, everybody is going to die, and yeah. you know, we're having fun here. <laughs> so yeah, I and- think uh, he did a good job. I think that's what's so crazy about where we're at now with Star Wars is literally like the end of the Clone Wars, complete flashback to Revenge of the Sith, and then Revenge of the Sith was trending again, and it's it's crazy that oh, yeah. they were able mm-hmm. to do that and how perfectly those two fit. And then now with Kenobi, we're doing it again, where we're seeing these characters confront each other uh, since Revenge of the Sith, and I think that's so exciting that like, especially all of us fans of the prequels and those kids and like like growing up with those movies, we're literally getting those storylines told in different ways and i think that's so exciting that like we'll see hayden again and we just saw order 66 again in the clone wars we're gonna see it again in the bad batch like we're literally back in that era which is nuts i never thought we would be such perfect timing yeah perfect timing yeah yeah i mean it it makes absolute sense because you know we're all kind of growing up uh and we're the right so there's not really a target audience for star wars it's for everyone but like uh I think you guys said it on your, um, you and Michael said it on your your toy mm. podcast there, the episode where all the prequel fans are getting to a point where they have expendable right. uh, income. Yep. So they're starting to make more Clone Wars figures and whatnot. So it just makes sense that they're pumping out content for Clone Wars and they know how popular it is and whatnot. Yeah, no, absolutely. I always go back to the prequels were great as a kid. And they're great movies as they are. But the Clone Wars really, really, really beefed it up. And I know, like your your favorite thing is Clone Wars with Star Wars, so oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure you believe that as well. So I'm hoping we eventually yeah. get that treatment with the sequel trilogy. I hope so eventually. too. Yeah, but we'll see. I hope so too. You know, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. I think, but I think it is correct to what they're doing right now is going back to the Clone Wars era and you know the New Republic era, and um, they're kind of plugging those holes in, and I, I love it. So yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's. That's how Star Wars has always been, is we have not necessarily a bare-bones story, but we do have like a bare-bones story of just the basic facts, and then they go back and they fill all that information in later, which is is good, but it's also like, give us all the information now, please. Um, But (laughs) I, I, yeah, with everything from the Clone Wars, um, 
probably if the Clone Wars didn't exist, I probably wouldn't like the prequels as much as I do. Yeah. Um, because Clone Wars just makes it so so much better because it, it fills in all those gaps. Like when I right. whenever I watch Revenge of the Sith, I I like it because I like Anakin and the Clone Wars, and I'm like, all right, this is good. This is this is getting better. Like as I have that supplementary material, and it it just helps it so much. No, 100. percent Yeah, Clone Wars, and that's like you guys said. I mean, I think if they do an animated series for the sequel trilogy and further that storyline or even before it it's just going to help it so much more too and that's i think one of the big beauties of clone wars is like adding to anakin's character and anakin's dynamic Mm -hmm. with obi-wan which is why revenge of the sith becomes even more powerful than it was before exactly even like a year ago we were just given siege of mandalore and that adds so much to revenge of the sith i can't mandalore like blew my mind oh i can't watch revenge of the sith now we just watched earlier today just why not and to get ready for this and there's certain points i'm like oh this is right when uh you know obi-wan talks to anakin about palpatine and then he you know right after this he talks to ahsoka Mm -hmm. about it so it's like it's so cool to think about that now and that was just a year ago have you seen the uh the cut that like a couple of fans have done this where they put clone wars and revenge of sith together i haven't seen it but i've heard of it and i've been dying to actually check it out Wait, at so some they... point when i have the time to like watch like a four hour long it's you know crazy. epic <laughs> oh yeah. my god so they did siege of mandalore and revenge of the sith together yeah so like basically they, oh, they put together where the scenes would match up during revenge of the sith so you cut from revenge of the sith to clone wars and obviously you know you're cutting from live action to animation so you gotta kind of extend belief there but it's it's really cool right. like just to see exactly where they would line up and this guy even put in like some of the 2d animation stuff um like falling oh yeah. yeah yeah and like it just adds it's it's a crazy element to add to it i think they won't do this but i think it would be so cool if they shot a few scenes live action from siege of mandalore oh, and plugged it into Revenge of the Sith. or even if they yeah. put the audio in kind of like um the siege of Mando. yeah that'd be cool they won't but that'd be cool. i remember last year <laughs> People were like uh, foaming at the mouth for a, a uh, an animated remake of Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah, just so that they could like put uh, Siege of Mandalore and Revenge of the yeah. Sith together more like seamlessly. I remember yeah. that. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I, I know this uh, this one guy named I think High Ground Animation is making the Obi Wan Anakin fight in the Clone Wars style. He's been working on it for like a year. But I watched the trailer for. Oh, it I think couple... I've seen that. It's so cool, dude. Like I can't yeah, wait yeah. to see Same. that string together. I gotta see that. I love when people do stuff like that. Yeah, just, it's awesome. You know, great stuff in the community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As you say, like, great stuff in the community, like, um, just coming from that, I think that's that's one of the biggest things that I kind of like Revenge of the Sith as much, um, because with Order 66 is the whole the whole thing with Order 66 is just so thought-provoking to me um, of how many Jedi actually survived and what happened from there. And the whole... <laughs> The whole stupid thing with Order 66 has just made so many silly original character ideas and storylines just pop out of my head, and it just made me be too freaking creative over things. And I kind of hate it, but I absolutely love it, because it's it's all directly from Revenge of the Sith. We wouldn't really have Order 66 without it. Right. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think about it in that way. Yeah, that's true. So I guess we'll we'll touch on some things like in the film. So in my notes here, I have like right off the bat, 
it probably has the best opening in all of Star Wars. Oh, with yeah. like, you know, I love the Rise of Skywalker opening with, you know, straight into Kylo raging and whatnot and the Palpatine yeah. thing and whatever. Mm-hmm. But in uh, Revenge of the Sith, like the crawl happens and it pans down with like the beat of the drum. The oh. music's amazing mm-hmm. in Revenge of yeah. the Sith. And I know Matt will talk about that. But <laughs> uh, immediately you're in the battle and it's just, it's beautiful. So I, they nailed it with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, to me, has the best soundtrack of any Star Wars movie. 100%. And just that opening pan down with the drums. First of all, it's not in the soundtrack. Like, the official soundtrack that I've purchased, like, cuts out some of the drums. And that is, yeah. like, devastating. Um, but just that, the the drum beat, the, the whole entire thing where you see just one venator class and then Mm -hmm. you and then all of a sudden it's just like revealed to be like thousands like all over the place just scattered around just like battling it out um you know george lucas clearly was really just he was so interested in in giving us like a an adventure uh Mm -hmm. to start it off because like revenge of the sith has a lot of parallels to return of the jedi and the rise of skywalker but the main thing that every finale of each trilogy has is like its own side adventure to start us off um return of the jedi has you know jabba's palace which is like almost almost completely disconnected from the rest of the plot of the film and it's also a rescue and so you have you know anakin and obi-wan now going on their own kind of side adventure to rescue the chancellor uh and to give us you know anakin is the best star pilot in the galaxy Mm -hmm. and how close they were Mm -hmm. and you know, all of the, the little quips and inter exchanges. My favorite exchange in all of Star Wars is uh, when they're in the elevator and mm. and uh, Obi-Wan says, no, we need to go. We need to be going uh, up, not down. And Anakin's like, no loose wire jokes. And then Obi-Wan's just like, I didn't say Did I say anything? I didn't say anything. Like, he's, like it, it's, it feels so organic. I love like their little interactions between each other. And, you know, yeah. It's cool to just get, it's like the first 25 to 30 minutes of Revenge of the Sith is almost like its own Clone Wars episode. Oh, yeah. Be- before getting into the actual movie, it's like the final Clone Wars episode is live action Anakin and Obi-Wan going on one last oh, yeah. adventure. That's a good point. I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah, uh, Corey and I were talking about this, about how it's one part of the prequels or even just Star Wars at that moment where it was just goofy and fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was especially perfect for like setting up the fact that the whole rest of the movie was going to be a total tragic awful downer um yeah. so instead yeah. it was like very lighthearted and it's great and like the oh like we're smarter than this like it's all just funny <laughs> yeah. and witty and like getting you into it and even though like dooku gets beheaded it there's still this like <laughs> it's sandwiched with all this comedy which i think is really great yeah that's kind of a mood killer yeah the opening <laughs> is so great like just seeing all the different types of ships that are in that scene alone, like you got mm-hmm. the new class of Jedi starfighters, and which are my favorite Star Wars ships, is the ones in Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then like you're seeing the Venators all around. It's it makes for such a great opening and like such a great scene in general. It's one of the best space battles. Just seeing Coruscant um, below everything and the way it's lit and the animation is so good. Like it, it holds up, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Revenge yeah. of Sith really, it really holds does, up, yeah. Um, with a CG, uh, but yeah, it's definitely like a little Clone Wars episode, and then it just fits in seamlessly with with Siege of Mandalore too. Th- that at least the first thirty minutes do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
but yeah, and then of course Dooku getting beheaded is just the cherry on top for Anakin's demise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that's the par- it's paralleled with uh, Return of the Jedi. You have Palpatine kind of goading a Skywalker mm-hmm. into taking revenge on the guy who's maimed him in the last episode. Right. One mm-hmm. decides to you know go through with it, and one doesn't, and that's the yeah. difference between the two. And I, and I love that it happens at the beginning. I was always a big subscriber of the ring theory, even back when it was toted as a crackpot, you know, crazy theory, where the first six episodes, they rhyme with each other. So the the throne room scene in Revenge of the Sith happens at the beginning, while at Return of the Jedi happens at the end, you know, so they're like a parallel between each other. And of course, Palpatine, the power dynamics are so different. Palpatine is, you know, pretending to be trapped in in a chair. Uh, in his throne room in in Return of the in Revenge of the Sith, while in Return of the Jedi, he's like the big bad. Yeah. Um, but I also love in that scene, in the throne room scene, when he's goading Anakin. You mentioned the animations, and my favorite detail about this is that there is continuity in the background during the space battle. There is continuity between you know where ships are placed, which ships are getting destroyed, uh, on fire, whatnot. You you actually see like a logical progression of the battle happening just in the background, outside the windows, um, which just shows, it just tells you how much effort and time ILM put into into the opening of, of Revenge of the Sith. It's just absolutely bonkers. Yeah, and uh, Matt, your favorite, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, Nymodian? Yes. <laughs> magnetize, magnetize. Magnetize, magnetize. <laughs> so, it's oh, kind of crazy. You guys are talking about Dooku being beheaded and whatnot. So, it's kind of crazy how little Dooku is in the films you know he's at the very end of attack of the clones and he he dies at the beginning of episode three but in that's another thing clone wars did that um you know dooku was like the big bad the whole time so it's uh it's kind of crazy and we also don't see much of anakin and obi-wan like together as much in the movies as obviously we do in the clone wars Mm -hmm. um but like you said matt the the time they are together and aubrey touched upon it it's it's uh their banter is great and uh you know, it just makes for a good time. They're, they the chemistry with them is so great, and I can't wait to see what they do in Kenobi. I don't know um, how they're gonna work that out. If they do like flashbacks of um, Anakin and Obi Wan, uh, or if do we know like Darth Vader and Obi Wan are gonna like confront each other physically? I, I, I can I can drop that knowledge. Right, you can go ahead. <laughs> um, you may fire when ready. Yeah, I would, uh, I would say, well, a couple of things you, you touched on. I would definitely say that if you're a fan of the uh, Clone Wars armor for Anakin in, in the first couple of seasons, um, that you probably will see Hayden wearing that at some point. Um, Ooh. And then also, yeah, they are. Uh, they will be confronting each other physically again. Wow. It's, hmm. it's a Vader's going to have his own like throne room and his own little chair for him to to sit on uh okay yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a big fight that's exciting that is so exciting to hear that is because i know there was that there was that fan recreation a few years ago of like or not recreation but you know obi-wan invader and a new hope Mm -hmm. like reimagined yeah so i mean ever since that we've had like a taste of um you know the a new hope duel doesn't really doesn't really do it for anyone i don't think um (laughs) so that would be great to see uh you know, one last time. Yeah, there was concept art that was shown at the shareholders meeting to only people who were like physically or not physically there, but who were shareholders. And mm-hmm. uh, there was concept art of Obi Wan fighting Vader that has not leaked out anywhere. But um, yeah, it's huh. them fighting. Wow, 
Yeah. Nice. That's super cool. Wow. I'm excited. Somebody's got to get on that that leak. Somebody's got to get on that. <laughs> I know. It's cra- it's it's really crazy to me that that hasn't leaked in any form. Um, like the, the entire description of the trailer leaked, but nothing else. Hmm. Okay. I have a question. With like the leaks and whatnot, mm-hmm. do you guys like, I know you guys know a lot. And so, but do you pick and choose like what you want to release? Because I know, yeah, you guys are very like spoiler friendly with the leaks. It seems, which I really, really like. Yeah, I don't like when I hear stuff about plot or stuff about storylines. I never put that out just because I don't want to accidentally ruin the experience of a huge moment for anybody. So the only right. thing we'll ever run are things we already know are gonna come out through the trades or are cameos that are like characters that people that are predictable that you know that people know are probably gonna end up happening at some point or like again like hollywood reporter would run so we never put out anything that is too spoiler heavy like we'll put out the title of a show or a character returning like the bad batch or something like that but yeah as far as scene descriptions go and all that that's kind of where we draw the line because yeah we're told a lot about plot and it's just stuff we have to like slowly tease but never you know reveal yeah the entire thing. no that's super cool because i mean yeah. it shows that you know you guys don't just you know care about yourselves you care about protecting the oh, fans yeah. from being spoiled and whatnot so that's, that's that's super cool i like that thanks man um because yeah i was watching the other day not to get so off topic but <laughs> you guys mentioned something about uh you know i had you guys on in the background and it was like oh we know who saves grogu mm-hmm. and i was like yeah. what <laughs> so yeah and then you had and people you it, guessing you gave a hint oh my God. you, you gotta get a hint, hint. And I think I got the hint, but I don't know. You probably did. You probably did. Honestly, I yeah. I could I've definitely see people guessing it. Yeah, I I, I yeah. put out a pretty pretty big hint. <laughs> yeah. I I tweeted about it before, but because my um, Twitter profile and account is so small, no one picked it up. So if you really want to look, you can go through my profile and probably find it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, all right. Okay. Easter eggs. Secret. <laughs> Some good advertising too. It was good. It Some good promotion. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We'll we'll pull all that info at the end. Um. <laughs> so back to the film. Um, I don't know where we left off because I got so sidetracked. But one of the huge highlights of this film is how great of a performance uh, Ian McDer- uh, McDermott yeah. did with Palpatine. He absolutely crushed it. Like it really is his movie. From the opera scene to like everything he does, um, oh, yeah. to the fight with Mace Windu where he makes all those incredible faces. Yes, it's, dude, it <laughs> seems like perfection. he's having so much fun in the role. Like it's, I give him all the credit in the world. He's having a blast. I'm having a blast with him. It, it's contagious. <laughs> I, I'm rooting for Palpatine. You know, I always have a blast. Um, I always have a blast at the beginning when he's like fake prisoner and the <laughs> droids have him like prisoner and whatnot, and like literally the basic battle droids are just like twisting his arm, and he's overacting so yeah. much to this, and it's just... it's good, it's great. <laughs> you can't help it. Actually, feel sorry for him, and then you're like, wait a second, this is Palpatine. What are we? He's doing? an actor. We, we acting. know what's going on. It's ah, <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's yeah, he, he deserved an in universe uh, an in universe, in universe Oscar. Oh, yeah. Oscar. <laughs> So, <laughs> he, so uh, he deserved a Palpatine. He goes, the Palpies. Palpies. They'd, uh, they'd be go. called the Palpies. <laughs> the way he takes down Kit Fisto always makes me really sad. Like oh, after I, know. I love Kit. Seriously. It's I love Kit. That, that mm-hmm. A-team. What were... um? So who was there? It was Mace. It was Kit Fisto. It was... Uh, Sais. Sais-Tin. Sais-Tin and Agent Kolar. Right. Like, okay. What were, what were the other Kolar. two doing? They they didn't even put up a fight. No, All right, the real ones. They just died. 
Just hey, man. Uh, a for effort. You know, you know the old line. If like a, an eighty-year-old man decides to do like a quadruple front flip over the desk with a, with his just lightsaber amazed. drawn, you're gonna be stuck. You're gonna be like, oh, yeah, you're point. not gonna be able to process that in time. Right. You know, silly me. Yeah, but um, yeah, I forget where else I was going with that. Um, there's nowhere else to go with that because eighty-year-old man doing a quadruple front flip. <laughs> that's, no, that's there's the no show. defense. Speaks there for it itself. Is. No defense. <laughs> well, I think um, Ian McDermott's performance is also testament to Rise of Skywalker, like whether people like Rise of Skywalker or not, or ah. whether they think Palpatine coming back makes sense or not. You can pretty much objectively look at it and be like, dang, he like brought it to the table with his acting. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. especially with them setting it up so that there are parallels with Revenge of the Sith, like the Plagueis reference. Like, Don't even. If you get me started on the parallels between Revenge of the Sith Ooh. and Tross, I'll be here. Go ahead. All night, don't worry about it. Just you mentioned earlier. You mentioned earlier, AJ, the 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 um, opera scene, and the opera scene for me is enhanced so much by the rise of Skywalker. Just by looking at Palpatine and Anakin and thinking, like fifty years later, their grandchildren are going to be doing exactly what they're talking about in that scene. You know, Anakin wishes he could save his loved one from dying, and fifty years later, his grandson does that to a Palpatine, you know, and, and effectively rebirthing her into the, the Skywalker family as in, you know, the clan. I absolutely love the, it's just the added context to that scene, knowing what comes down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one of my favorite pow- parallels between the two is the battle on Kefbur and the Battle of Mustafar, where you have Anakin and Obi-Wan battling in, you know, the fire's, in the lava of Mustafar in the fires and Anakin being destroyed and turned into Darth Vader while on Kef Burr, it's Rey and Kylo fighting and Kylo becomes Ben Solo again and is healed, you know, in the waters of mm-hmm. Kef Burr and water and fire have like this do du- this dual property between destruction and healing. And, you know, it, there's no way that that was an accident. They, they definitely, I, I mean, for me, the rise of Skywalker is almost like a sequel directly from Revenge of the Sith. I just love like all of those little touches and details um, between you know Palpatine finding a way to cheat death, something he talks about in Revenge of the Sith, and we know now that you know he was using Plagueis's techniques, but he wasn't exactly he didn't exactly discover everything. He he was still in the process when Anakin decided to toss him over the edge, so he couldn't exactly complete that cheating death process. So he becomes a a zombie, this unnatural, you know, uh, monster versus the, the natural, you know, light side way that Anakin was searching for. It turns out, you know, it might have been uh, a Jedi uh, ability that Palpatine just lies to him and says, you know, no, the Jedi can't do this. But in reality, it was through the light side of the Force that Anakin could have possibly, you know, saved Padme from dying. Well, I think that's also... Yeah. <laughs> There's also the yeah, that gets deep. Good. Of like Anakin versus Ben's intentions. Anakin loves Padme like Ben loves Ray, but Anakin loves Padme for selfish reasons. He wants her alive for him, whereas Ben yeah. doesn't care. He just wants Ray to live, whether he's Absolutely. able to be with her or not. So there's this like, there, there's that duality where one of them though has accepted the sacrifice that the, that they have to make. So in that way, I guess like. Anakin maybe still wasn't like emotionally ready to do some sort of light side Jedi-esque healing and instead like he wanted something that he could like eat his 
cake too, you know, and just have mm-hmm. Padme with him. No, you're exactly yeah. right. I mean, that's that's a, a great way to describe it. George Lucas always said that Anakin's love for Padme was very possessive. And mm-hmm. to have that countered by his grandson's selfless mm-hmm. love um, and to have, you know, two people destroyed by love in the prequels and then saved by love in the sequels is, again, brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's like poetry. Oh, it's it like poetry. It rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> Each stanza, oh. it, it rhymes. <laughs> so I guess we'll touch upon the Mustafar duel uh, here. It seems like a good spot to do it. So we, I know a lot of people consider it like the best lightsaber duel mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, are one of those people, but I would agree. Uh, yeah. it, you know, parts of it are very awesome, but I think some parts are like a little over the top and take away. <laughs> like the end of it is awesome with the high ground and the beginning's great with the dialogue. Um, but when they're like swinging on wires and hitting each other, <laughs> I don't Bouncing know if on pipes. It probably would look better and be cooler in Clone Wars. Mm. Uh, but maybe it's just live action. It looked funny. And, uh, you know, they're like floating on the the lava parts cool where they're like going down on the droids uh, hitting each other. But uh, the fact it's like intertwined with Palpatine, th- like essentially throwing a bunch of oh, deaths geez. at Yoda, it uh, takes away from it a bit for me. Um, yeah. But it, at the end of the day, it is a great tool. And it's, you know, it's probably like top top two or three anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just, it's really the emotional stakes of it. That, oh, yeah. And, and like, yeah, there are some interesting choreography choices for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> namely, where they just like twirl the lightsabers in front of themselves. For like, yes. yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm all for that. I mean, I just, it, it looks cool, me. but it's like, cool, dude, they're but, partying. Yeah. Yeah, I just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little little rave, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely think it's still the best duel for me, just in, for so many different reasons. Just, yeah, the emotional aspect of it, just the environment is super cool. Like, what a cool choice to have Anakin and Obi-Wan fight on a, on a lava planet. Um, oh, yeah. And then, yeah, just some of the shots are just so incredibly cinematic and oh, mm-hmm. I, just, I love it so much like when they they clash for the first time on like a bridge and like it's kind of zooms in and it's that shot of lava behind them oh, yeah. like that's, that's that's beautiful that's yeah, it really is shot, beautiful, right but... that's the that's the poster that's everything it is yeah mm-hmm. right. and you know the volcano fight was always in the cards right like revenge of the sith is like the one movie that george lucas always had as well as the original trilogy like he always had at least that fight from you know, Star Wars' inception in like 74, 75. He mm. always had that in mind. Um, and it blows my mind that like fans at the time, back in 2005, they, they knew this was coming. Like they knew that the volcano fight was going to be the end of the prequels. Right. And, you know, I just think about like all those years, George had this one duel envisioned and he finally got to do it. And he and, you know, I don't blame him for going over the top, I guess, you know, because you have this idea, you're sitting on it for literally like close to 30 years at that point. You're gonna like go nuts with it. You're gonna sit down and say, well, all right, let's make this like 40 minutes and let's just make them like battle like everywhere. Let's put it over here, over here, over here and just keep going. Just film and film and film, Um, you know, and. It's the it's the finale. I mean, that was supposed to be like the last thing you saw for Star Wars in the theater, uh, last new thing at least, and it was supposed to be like the big grand epic finale. So while I do agree, I agree with you, AJ, that some of the things get a little over the top, the balancing on the pipes and the swinging and stuff. I can at least understand 
why it was done. Yeah, it's kind of supposed yeah. to have that crazy element to it, like the overdramatic, you know. And also, I think someone described it once as like they're just so fast and moving that sometimes it's supposed to look a little bit over the top because that they're like the same. They have the same moves. They have the same abilities since Obi-Wan taught Anakin. So they're always going to be on par with each other. And then when it gets to be too on par, that's where it starts looking a little wild because they're just so in sync. Yeah. And that makes sense for the whole, the, the rave scene where they're, uh, you know, twirling them in front of each other. <laughs> yeah. you know, that yeah. They, yeah, they literally yeah. are in sync for that. Right. So. Lights flashing, Watt Tambor is just like dead on the ground. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> or Watt. <laughs> But I think it. I think it also would just the fight in general is just the fighting style of the prequels is obviously totally different than it is in the originals, just because different time. But the prequel Jedi obviously have this huge arrogance about them, and the fighting styles for all of them are a direct reflection of that as well. The way that Anakin and Obi Wan both fight, the way that Mace Windu fights, mm-hmm. um, it's a total just like direct. The Jedi are are just too arrogant. <laughs> That's what they are, and. It just reflects directly back to that. Like, if you think, like, um, recently as well, with the release of the High Republic, is we have this total different of Jedi in which they aren't, they don't have that arrogance yet. And it's it's interesting to see the dynamic developing this way, getting that, getting to know more about an older era of Jedi compared to this prequel era of Jedi. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I definitely think that the High Republic, like, totally enhances the prequels and, you know, makes you actually, like, you're like, oh my god, the Republic, it's falling. <laughs> right. when, you watch the, yeah. when you watch the prequels and you're like, oh my god, these guys stink. Like, what are they doing? They're just sitting around not doing anything. It's like, you'd, obviously you don't want the fascists to rise to power, but at the same time, you're like, oh, the Republic. So <laughs> yeah, lame. Totally but now yeah. it's like, oh no. That's definitely mm-hmm. what I've seen in the High Republic. Like, I'll be reading it, the comics or the books, and I have this uneasy feeling the whole time because I'm like, oh my goodness, these Jedi are like so proud of themselves to the point of potential self-righteousness or self-righteousness mm-hmm. and yeah. like just knowing that it's going to turn into the prequels is scary yeah definitely yeah and then i mean in the higher public you see they're not really political at all mm-hmm. um and then you know watching revenge of the sith today I'm, i was reminded with you know obi-wan and anakin talking about they literally are having a conversation about politics and anakin's like disagreeing with obi-wan and the the republic and whatnot so it's it's interesting how it came to that and the the high republic will you know flesh more of that out how they got there right right poor yoda he's got to live through all of it i know (laughs) really while we were doing the rewatch there's um one scene it's it's yoda obi-wan and mace windu on the gunship uh just traveling along and it's literally just mace windu and obi-wan talking and yoda's just sitting there like with like the expression that's just like i have seen some shit (laughs) i i have lost thousands upon thousands of people and we're gonna lose so many more and it's kind of devastating seeing that especially it's it's so weird having just this new content from this year by the high republic of yoda obviously was around then but it didn't really hold as much weight to us it's like yeah we know yoda's like ancient but like we don't like think about like what his like past life was who his like past friends were and like now it's just like oh wow yeah right it's like this guy actually now that we like know some of those like faces that he's like lost in the past it's like hmm he's holding more weight suddenly mm-hmm. oh yeah I never guy. thought that would happen <laughs> never thought i'd be like totally interested in like oh yoda's like emotional like wait oh, oh man wow <laughs> well even like the higher public is supposed to lead up to the last 20 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, right. Right. Yoda's seen that happen, and he mm. knows that, like, people yeah. don't necessarily agree. I have a quick question about the Lost Twenty. Is the High Republic going to lead up for the Lost Twenty in general? Um, this might sound like a total stupid question, but did it all happen at once, or is it all different times for the Lost Twenty? That's literally 20? what I was just about to say. Um, I was going to oh, say that I have okay. a feeling that the High Republic is going to lead up to a large chunk of the Lost Twenty. We already know, um, you know. Uh, Master Trennis, I wonder who that is, uh, was part of the Lost mm-hmm. Twenty. So we know that one of these Jedi is going are going to leave. Right. Um, but by the way everybody is, you know, handling the events of the High Republic, I have a feeling that we're going to go, you know, we're going to keep seeing people become further and further detached from the, the Jedi and, and their ways. And also, okay. we should probably stay on track. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah. ta- we're talking yeah, yeah, about the yeah, high yeah. republic yeah, here not a high republic episode Hi- revenge of the sith <laughs> jamie go. you want yeah. to talk a little bit about bail oh my gosh yeah, yeah. so <laughs> yeah how could i forget about bail so this is this is the thing i always forget about bail <laughs> oh shame on you he's a fantastic <laughs> character that we we straight up do not give him enough credit overall because he he's there from the very beginning and he is literally Padme's number one when it comes to anything with the Senate. And mm-hmm. Bale is just the guy that you want to have in your corner for absolutely everything. You need a ride, he's there. You need like an extra <laughs> boat, he's there. He is the man. You need to like go overthrow the entire empire, he's the dude. He can do it. He has his connections. <laughs> like Bale Organa is just the best and we we don't give him enough credit. And like I remember the first time that we watched Rogue One, I was over the moon that Bale just like showed up. Oh, so yeah. excited. Mm-hmm. Like that was probably at the time my favorite part like of like the movie but like in revenge of the sith he he saw he signs he's um he shines so much in revenge of the sith and that's probably one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is just bale's entire side quest of he's rescuing yoda and he's helping out yoda and then he's coordinating with obi-wan and he helps them decide what what to do next i I like your description where it's like oh you need an extra vote i'm here you need a ride i'm here you need to you know you need me to borrow your daughter for 20 years i'm here (laughs) I got you. I always wanted a baby girl. Like, yeah. He's great. Great character. Oh, I feel so bad that he was killed off screen. I still, I, I feel like that's like the one thing that needs or to be. Or was he? Or was yeah, he? Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, Bale's great. I know. I feel like I had a newfound appreciation for him after um, reading the Queen's Peril or Queen's Shadow. Yeah. Whichever one that he's in. Um, that was really great. But I don't know. There. I, because I love him so much, and like, mm, Rogue One was so cool. Um, I do sometimes think about how he had a bigger role originally in some of the other different versions of Revenge of the Sith, and that's the one when like Padme and him start the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. that would have been so interesting to see because he's like the guy. He he would have been even more of like this awesome guy. Um, and right. seeing that and Padme would have been really really cool with their agency and leadership. Yeah, I feel like it, it really. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, I say I, I love Bale. He's he's great. I I do think we're gonna see him in Kenobi and uh, in yeah. Cassian. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely in Cassian because he's yeah <laughs> definitely in Cassian. Yeah. Um, I I don't remember what I was gonna say, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Between Tamara Morrison and uh, I don't know the actor that plays Jimmy Bale. Schmitz. Jimmy Smith. Smith. Yeah, they're getting uh, quite the career revival here. So yes, he, yes, gotta they love are. it. Yeah, well deserved. I really want uh, Bale to be the one to tell Obi Wan about Anakin surviving Mustafar. 
Ooh. Ooh. And that's how Obi-Wan's like, okay, I gotta try one more time. Wow. Hmm. That um, is insane. I love that. Yeah, that'd be wow, really so you think... I like that theory. Obi-Wan, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is about Obi-Wan saying, like, I have to go out and kill Anakin. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, <laughs> I, I don't even again. know. I actually think it'd be more of him thinking he can save him one more time. Yes, and because that... that right. I mean, people hang on the, the line from Return of the Jedi where uh, Vader says that Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Right. Um, and they feel that perhaps, you know, Obi-Wan reaching out to Anakin with his lightsaber uh, isn't exactly... <laughs> Uh, you know, thinking that he could be <laughs> yeah. saved. Yeah. So I could see that. I would love that. Yeah, I think that's also why I'm so hyped for Kenobi because Revenge of the Sith is one of my yeah favorite movies of all time. It's basically mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith Part Two or Revenge of yeah. like, the Sequel. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I just I need to see Sad Boy Obi and him dealing <laughs> with the the grief of what happened and. Yeah, oh. just the idea of them confronting each other is it's probably going to be honestly the best scene in all of Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, you know, the relationship between the two is so built up at this point. They're 40 years know, of build up. Yeah. yeah, two of the greatest uh, you know, if not the two greatest characters in Star Wars, you know, meeting once again for one last time. Yeah, 100%. Um, I I'm so excited for that show because, you know, it is Revenge of the Sith uh 2.0 or part two um just because i feel like we don't know what the heck's gonna happen because at first you're like well it's just obi-wan on a desert and it's like oh obi-wan's gonna confront vader oh is commander cody gonna be in it and it's like you know if all this stuff happens mm-hmm. it'd be crazy yeah interesting 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 <laughs> <laughs> i don't like the way you say that but okay sure. <laughs> i don't like the way he says it but i also am excited no. if it happens, i do so. i do like the way he says that <laughs> it yeah, to happen. wow we are very conflicted over here i can see that <laughs> that's a good segue into one of my final notes i have is speaking of commander cody and the clones why do the clones in Revenge of the Sith, why are they all CG? Why so couldn't they have given them armor? <laughs> it so sticks weird. out so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's whack. I I think Cody, <laughs> is, I think Cody's the only one who's not, at least for that, that one scene. But other yeah. than that, yeah. yeah. And that's what's, hmm, can I say, yeah, I guess I could say this. That's what's exciting about Kenobi is the clones are not CGI this time. All right. Okay. I'm excited what? about that. That's I mean, safe. That's Excuse yeah. That's pretty safe. What? I, I like. Yeah. Like, excuse me. Ten years what? later. What? <laughs> yeah. So when um, you see when you see Cody in the show, you know he'll have hmm. armor on. Oh, there it is. There Castle it is. Cody. <laughs> we were trying to dance. I just don't. We're we're in. I just don't get why. I know George loved CG, and it was you know Lucasfilm always push, and they still do. They always push the envelope with, um, you know, film tech. But why? I don't understand who thought it was a good idea to, you know, for Attack of the Clones with the huge battles, it makes sense. But for a lot of these up close shots, uh, you know, background clones that are like on gunships next to Obi-Wan, they just stick out so much. And they, as good as the space battle looks, the clones uh, CG on the ground just don't look great. And then like you see, they just wanted to use the technology. That's, that's what it was. And it's unfortunate. You try to get a stunt coordinator to jump on a giant robot crab. Uh, <laughs> not that, not that easy. I think that's the real MVP. That goes back to George's philosophy of creating ILM in the first place, where mm-hmm. he wanted to use practical effects, but because, like, 
ILM couldn't create the technology to make things look realistic. So at that point, during the prequel era, he thought, okay, our technology is good enough, so therefore we don't need to be using practical effects anymore. Um, and I think it's also a testament to that, where I think it, there's this interview where um, there were these prop builders and miniature builders um, behind the scenes for Force Awakens, and they had George Lucas come in to like see what they had made, and they were super proud, and they are like, oh, look, we made miniatures, kind of like how you did in the prequel era, and he looked at them. He's like, well, can't you guys just do this, like, with your guys' technology in the computer? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Wait a minute. Oh, man. That's great. I love that. Huh. I'm glad they w- went to back to, like, the miniature stuff, though, because, like, mm-hmm. you know, back to the roots and whatnot. And I think it worked, so. I agree, yeah. yeah. Hmm. There's, um, should be some Kenobi stuff coming out fairly soon. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Something to look forward to. We've been in a drought recently. All right. We really have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. News and leaks and all that jazz, so. Definitely Not too long now. To we just got, what, like two weeks till Bad Batch? Oh, yeah. Yep, about. Yeah, about. just about. Mm-hmm. And crazy. then it seems like we have, like, a steady stream of content for the rest of the year, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bad Batch should probably run till August, so, yeah. That's Not, yeah, that's what I heard, so Ooh, that's... Nice. Because yeah. that lines up. We were, we were worried that... You know, we were going over the schedule of uh, Disney Plus, and we were like, oh, is it going to, like, you know, Loki's, what, a month after? Yeah. yeah. So we were a bit worried that it would only go till then, and then someone pointed out to us, like, they're kind of for different audiences, so, you know, right. I don't know. I don't think they would really care anyway. Yeah, they're not worried about both. clashing yeah. demographics. There's going to be yeah. overlap anyways next year, so I don't think... Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's better to just get it out of the way now. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> it goes back more to like the animation versus um live action thing like the thing with like revenge of the sith is obviously everyone widely accepts like oh this is this is a fantastic story this is how it goes and then that's probably why most people are looking most forward to kenobi because it will be that live action content again yeah and yeah it'll just add another again another level to revenge of the sith obviously bad batch will add another level to it but the only people who will care about it are the people like us who are like elbows yeah. deep in it like all the time <laughs> right so It'll it'll be really exciting just to have Kenobi and Bad Batch, which I'm looking most forward to, honestly, because the post um, the post Order sixty six era is my favorite era of all time for Star yes. Wars, and I'm so excited to get like two That's shows cool. of content. Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and there's gonna be some connectivity between Bad Batch and Kenobi. Oh, so that's even cool. better. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. We already have connectivity between Bad Batch and um, the Mandalorian with Fennec Shand as well. Right, so. right, yeah. So they're really it's they're really exciting. up in that interconnectivity. I love it. It's all one big story. One exactly. big story. All right. Is there anything else we wanted to touch upon with Revenge of the Sith? I guess final thoughts. Definitely a good motion picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just like it's such a great story and a great way to end the prequels and that whole conflict. And you know, I think I know a lot of people like to dig on Hayden but I feel like his performance in Revenge of Sith was very good it's what Anakin needed to be I always got the vibe that like during the Clone Wars Anakin was very almost hyped up about it like he could get all his aggression out he was fighting along people he loved and cared about and then in Revenge of the Sith he all of a sudden loses most of those people and Mm -hmm. he's a little more depressed and a little more let down about things and so it really works Hayden's Mm -hmm. acting really works there and then Ewan is always amazing as Obi-Wan. And, you know, seeing the dynamic between those two characters, it's just like it's live action Clone Wars uh, to the T. 
and um it's just yeah george did a phenomenal job with it 100 percent agree yeah <laughs> definitely all right <laughs> i don't have a closing take <laughs> i mean you, you, Corey nailed it so <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's perfect yeah. um all right cool so let me record my mini outro. So what I Wait, need from both of you. Hold on. Oh, hold oh on. boy. Sorry. Matt has more to say. And then we'll get into no, it. No, no, no. Corey, Corey teased us with something connected to the sequel. I was waiting to see if anyone would say it. thought I was going to forget Oh, my God. I forgot. Okay, see. Good see, job. Here's, I'm not going to forget that. See, here's the thing. My mind doesn't run on leaks like Matt over there. So <laughs> um, I, I respect it, obviously. It. But, like, I go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, I haven't talked about this anywhere yet. Um, this is something I've gotten confirmed by two sources now over the past few months. And uh, it's about a character that's coming back into canon, which will be pretty cool. A character that was talked about for weird reasons heavily this week. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but um, if you're a fan of Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Darth Revan will be coming uh, very soon back into canon um, uh, and something Disney huh. Plus related. So. Really? You haven't Whoa. seen this? That's insane. Mm. Holy. I'm blown away. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I'm a giant Old Republic fan, so my mind is being blown, and I'm also like, what the heck, Corey? You didn't tell me about this sooner. You <laughs> <laughs> told us at the same this, time. This is the first you're hearing of it, too? Wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah, no, it's. There's going to be a big push for uh, Sith characters um, post Mando. Uh, that's going to be Disney's big Disney Plus slate will be Sith characters specifically, um, which is going to start with Acolyte. I was going to say, right. give us the Acolyte. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. I, I, I think Revan is popping up in there. Not in like he won't be obviously like, the timeline will match up, but uh, I know for sure there's concept art out there of him in a hologram. Um, oh. which I believe is for Acolyte, which will le- kind of tease his own series eventually. Huh. Well, I just have to remind as well, in the Star Wars, um, in the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary, yes. there is that one yeah. unit that is the Revan unit Revan for the Sith yeah. Eternal. Yep. Right. So, so he's a Revan canon. does exist. Yep. Here we yeah. go. He or she. He or she, who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. But, Very cool. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a little exclusive for you guys. Wow! Thank you. Awesome. Thank that's you. That's great. <laughs> Very cool. Wow. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good exclusive to have. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> the best <laughs> one. Sure. Yeah. So, are, are we done now? Thank you so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast. I want to thank Matt and AJ as always for being my amazing hosts co-host yeah that's what they are and my name is jamie thank you so much for listening i also want to thank our guests Corey and aubrey you can check them out on social media Corey and aubrey where can we find you both on social media yeah um you can follow me at Corey underscore wolfpack on twitter and instagram as well as at kr transmissions on twitter and at kessel run transmissions on instagram you can also catch me on kessel run radio monday wednesdays and fridays on the kessel run transmissions youtube channel and then you can find me at Satellite Tides on Instagram Twitter, where I just talk about um, all my Star Wars lore shenanigans as well as some Lord of the Rings. Um, and then you can also find me at Pazak YT with Corey, our new blog channel. I'm also working on Project Ewok Hunt, which is a new um, fan film with Wolf Wolf Wolf, the um, Battlefront 2 gamer. 
and um, that's coming up really soon and we're having a lot of hype in the community. Perfect, thank you. Please make sure you also check out Holland Up Marauders on social media as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Holland Up Marauder, on Instagram at Holland Up Marauders. Check out our blog, hollandupmarauders.com. And then we also have a Patreon. Just search for Holland Up Marauders. Thank you so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast.